magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I am Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and spiritual coach. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Cake. Cake. I was going going to say, Tess is sitting. Her background for the meet, we do a Zoom meeting to record this, and her background is a cake museum. Cake museum. It's really fantastic. It's just so great. Does it make you you. want to eat cake or no? Because you don't really see yourself in the, you make yourself I see it. Oh, well, I'm tiny. Oh. I could, I um, but I did see it when we were talking to Tanya for the interview because we were in the gallery view. And um, no, it doesn't make me want to eat cake. It just <laughs> makes me feel really great about being in a cake landscape. It's like mm, it's yeah. it was a cake museum kind of um, where there the walls like everything was made of something that looks like frosting and fruit, and mm. it's just really great. Yeah. Well, I'll put a picture on the Instagram. Um, I don't know. I mean. Sure. I don't know if that's appropriate right now with this. Oh well, climate. maybe not today. Maybe Monday. Wait <laughs> yeah, till at some Monday. point. At some point, we'll post the cake. <laughs> I mean, people want to experience joy. I believe. I mean, oh, that's I true. think that it's not like we need to turn the volume down on joy. It's just <laughs> I mean, yeah, this week okay. on Instagram we're amplifying. Although by the time um, this comes out. It won't be solely about amplifying melanated voices. Of course, hopefully everyone will still be paying attention. But um, I think they would like to see. Cake museum. Yeah. Who wouldn't? My God. Okay. Um, Anyway, (laughs) this has been (laughs) quite a week. And usually at this point in the podcast, we take our, we've picked cards from last week and then we go over them to see how they played out for the week. Yeah, and so last week I chose from the Rider Waite Tarot, the Page of Swords, and you chose Bronzite from the Crystal Spirits Oracle, Mm -hmm. which was about trusting the universe has your back and exploring the past and your role in it. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, healing the past by owning your own part of it. Owning your, yes, Mm -hmm. and this has been... So appropriate, definitely for me, because I, I mean, Page of Swords too, even, because that is, I I feel like we didn't really talk about it this way, but it is like being a student and, and the swords is the air element. So ideas and seeing things in a new way. And since the last podcast, like when we talked about race in the last podcast, I felt a lot of vulnerability and a lot of shame. And I felt like, I just felt so uncomfortable with my own relationship with racism. And I was like, I really now is the time for me to finally look deeply at this. So I got um, Me and White Supremacy by Layla Saad. Actually, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but um, it's a journaling, like a 28-day journaling exercise to explore. It's for white people to explore privilege, to explore the way racism – because that's the thing. Like I just – I knew logically, you know, this is a problem and um, and I want to, you know, support uh, Black Lives Matter. Like I knew that, but I didn't like just really take responsibility. I just felt like I had discomfort 
just, I just kept feeling so much discomfort, like, oh, what am I going to do about it? I don't know. I don't like it, but I don't know what to do. And I think so many white people have been feeling that, which is kind of really cool that we're like, let's actually figure this out within ourselves. I was just listening to um, the podcast 10% 10 Happier with Dan Harris. I don't know if you have ever heard that. Mm -mm. It's really great. Um, It's actually this guy who had a nervous breakdown <clears throat> he's he was a good morning america no he was i don't know he he's a host on abc it was like a news a report and he had a breakdown on air <clears throat> oh. and he um then really got into meditating so he interviews lots of people about buddhism and like and being centered and all this stuff anyway so he interviewed oh shoot what is his name he's a buddhist um Oh, his name is Lama Ron Dowens, I think. Um, I'll um, Lama Rod Owens. Thank you to myself. Okay. I just said thank you. Um, Lama Rod <laughs> Owens. <laughs> this is what happens when you do inner child work all the time. Talk out loud to yourself. Um, anyway, and he was talking about that we that white people um, and when we're talking about race need to um decenter comfort and center discomfort yes yeah so really being comfortable with being uncomfortable Uh, that yes that exact phrase came to me that it's like you know it's just to be like well yeah it's uncomfortable and it's a privilege yeah i haven't had to look at it yeah because i have had that privilege yes. and to just be like because it's like i there's so much i could just talk about this I forever because it's know. so because it also like i mean i feel like it seems uh like i'm missing the point to talk about my own experience with this but it does also feel like so much energy coming back to me like calling energy back to me to be like let me look at these effects of being raised in this racist culture and how I have internalized them so that I can get out from under them. That's like reclaiming a lot of power and clarity. Yes. So that feels really good to me. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I am really also excited in the future to do some ancestor work because, mm. you know, like <laughs> I have not like I have when we talk about connecting with ancestors, I think of my grandma, I think of my grandpa, I think of my cats, <laughs> my cousin mm-hmm. Logan. I don't think of my ancestors who own slaves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that can be healing. I can do some healing work with that. I feel like it's not time for me yet to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to like mm-hmm. research more and just kind of be present with what is in that. It, the time will come for me to start doing that work. But I think that's going to be really powerful. What do you think you're going to do? I don't know yet, but I feel like I do want to learn about who they were because mm-hmm. I know that it was like I know my dad knows on his side. Mm. Um, I I really assume that there is um, there were slave owners on my mom's side because they my mom's side has been here since the signing of the Declaration of Independence. So oh, wow. it's it's re- would be really weird if none of them did because right. I think even one of them was related to one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So I want to actually do some Mm -hmm. research of who they were and what they did Mm -hmm. as much as I possibly can and then do some meditations and some connection with them and like heal those those threads Mm. that are in me, you know? Mm. Oh, I see. Like your connection to them. I have a hard Mm -hmm. time with that, not to go, well, off on a tangent, but like 
Yeah, I have a hard time with ancestor work when, because, you know, I had a very difficult relationship <clears throat> with my mom, you know, and there are definitely, I mean, we've, I talked about this time, but she was raised Orthodox Jews, which I educated myself a little bit more since the last podcast, which it seems like the, it is the Orthodox Jews that have a history of racism. Um, I mean, and they, it's both, they both have a complicated relationship with each other. It seems like, especially from that generation. Um, but yeah, so it's complicated because it's like, you want to honor your ancestors, but also like, how do you do that when there's, um, racism or, or abuse or whatever it is. But that's what I mean is like, I think up until now I have been avoiding it, blocking it out, not even thinking of it as an option. Mm. And now I want to be like, but those are my ancestors. And I did inherit um, their DNA and their Mm -hmm. emotional patterns Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. privilege. And you know what I mean? Uh, from what they did. Yes. So I don't know how it's going to look, but I am really interested in going into that. Um, yeah. So it's interesting because I had a similar like experience in terms of bringing my power back to me um, because I had a different kind of a uh, – well, for it's funny because for you it was very empowering from the beginning – we're coming at this from different places. And also, I'm conscious of the fact that we're both white, you know what I mean? And I want to be, like, I'm wary of being like, I'm having a hard time and I'm right. white. Me too. <laughs> you Me know? Too. Like, like, this is my journey. Yes. With, you know, yes. it's like, okay, like, yeah. this is not the point. But, no, yeah, but still, we are also point. having a journey at the same time. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know? and, and I do want to say, and I said this in our newsletter that, I don't know if it already went out, but um, that the most important thing that white people can do is educate themselves. I mean, and this is a white person saying this, but this is what I have learned um, from. I mean, I have had many, many years of racial justice training, so I feel pretty okay about saying this, but also definitely like it's a fine line because it's like. The African-American community should not have to educate us, right? Because right. it's not their responsibility. It's like, you know, we're the ones that d- even if we didn't do it ourselves, we are part right. of the problem. We are yes. part of the – and so it's up to us. We have inherited it. Yes, we've inherited yeah. it. And we do have the privilege uh-huh. if, we, if we're white. So it's up to us to educate ourselves and, and, and do that. Um I forgot what I was saying, but anyway, but so just the reason I'm sharing my experience with this is just to let every, you know, if you are um, wanting to be a white ally and you're educating yourself, like that it isn't an easy, I think there is value in us sharing this, let's say that, like I do want to amplify melanated voices for sure and let, you know, um, their voices be heard loudly, but also I think that this is empowering to share our experience. It yeah. will help um, racism. So um, I'll just say, long story short, that what I realized was that how much being a good person was getting in my way. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, in so like m- the ideal, the ideal. 
the like the con- like wanting to hold that yes, concept yeah, of yourself. Uh, yes, yeah. like I'm a good person, so I need to follow these rules. Follow, okay, what is the African American community telling me to do right now? Like on Instagram, <clears throat> so I need to follow these rules. And what I realized was what was the motivation behind that was wanting to be perfect, wanting to be good, a good ally, wanting to be a good person, as opposed to listening with my whole heart to all the different voices because you know it's not black one black person doesn't speak to for all black people and there are different voices coming in to say different things so it's like as opposed to listening from my own highest information from centering in myself caring for myself and then saying okay so what do I what am I hearing here and how can I best serve um you know because also it's just like I'm as I'm a giver person who wants to like overgive sometimes, you know, and, um, and so then I was like losing myself. I was feeling really bad and which I haven't felt that way in a very, very long time. It was kind of like 101 boundary loss <laughs> because mm-hmm. I was giving up my boundaries in the sense of like to this vision I had of what the African-American community wanted. As, and mm-hmm. so I had to take my power back and say, like, you know what? I can know what's best for me um, to do to help. I don't have mm-hmm. to give up my power in order to Yeah, like do consult that. your uniqueness, your unique perspective, what you have to offer. I consult my, yeah, my highest um, self. I consult my guides, which is right. ultimately what I ended up doing was asking my guides, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. And what they said is there, it, it isn't about right or wrong, which I posted on Instagram. It's not, it isn't about right or wrong. It's about how can I, um, basically how can I open my heart, help myself and dig deep at the same time? Yeah. Because if you're not yeah. giving to yourself, if you're not digging, you know, if you're not giving yourself as you're digging deep, then it's, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. So having this compassion, but the big thing was I realized how much of this being a good person, like was limiting me in so many ways. Yeah. And like, not just in this way, but like, oh my God, like so many interactions. It's like, but I'm a good person. So I have to do this. Right. You know, and and I de-energized past lives where I had puritanical lives where I was, you know, the church. I listened to the church over myself <clears throat> and where I had to be a good person. I de-energized that. I called so much of my energy back to me. And it is going to be a process. I know that. But, and again, I'm so conscious of talking about myself so much in this whole fight. But, um I mean, like the fight for justice, but this is just my experience. And I think it's important to know, like, we do have to dive deep in order to be a good (laughs) anti-racist. We have to dig deep and say like, oh, okay, actually trying to be a good person was limiting me from seeing the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And from being even a better ally so that I can stand up even more for communities that are, you know, being hurt. Because you of- know what? Like in a different way, I think that that was also holding me back from even beginning to really right. look deeply because I was like, I don't want to look at 
the ways I've been racist. Yes. I don't want to see that because that I want to hold my vision of myself as a good person. And it's like, yes, it, it that was really holding me back from actually yeah. being a good person. Yes. <laughs> Not that I wasn't, I'm a bad person, but you know, it was, no, but the, yeah. it does feel now much more nourishing to my soul to be like, yeah, I have internalized racism yes. and I have been racist. And if you're so caught up in like, but I'm a good person, then right. you aren't going to be able to dig deep. Like they were saying, you can't, if you, my guides were saying, like, if you, if you can't, it, it it requires a lot of self-love to be able mm-hmm. to look at yourself and say, oh, wait, here's where I can let go of being a good person and just own like, here's where I've been racist or here, here's where I, um, I don't know, want to appear this way, but what am I really feeling? Right. You know, all of that. And it's natural, you know, <sighs> and then even to also then, then once I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see these ways I've internalized it because in the I'm only on day five, I think, or day four or five of me and white supremacy. But um, she really has you look over the course of your whole life and look and like when are ways that how have you embodied this aspect of white supremacy and then once I do that I can then go even further back and be like how did I even get that idea that that was appropriate you know it's like oh yeah because there was so much tension around race like that I sensed in my family the way they talked about it like they didn't they weren't overtly like Mm. a racist in a movie but there was tension and I didn't understand it. So I interpreted it as scary and bad and like something to not look at. And, yes. you know, and then it that turned into currents of racism in my consciousness. Yes. And I had that too. Like I actually had overt racism. I mean, I remember one conversation I had with my mom and my aunt and a cousin, they were all much older than, I mean, obviously my, <laughs> my cousin was much older. I mean, my mom and my aunt are much older, but also my cousin. And I had this conversation with them about, they were talking about, I mean, I feel bad saying this, but it was just a racist conversation and I had to um, defend <laughs> the black community. I was like, you know, like 22, like being like, you all are, ra- you have to see this isn't the truth. But even though I was doing that, um, well, because of that, it's like that made me hold even more staunchly to I'm a good person. So oh, right, therefore, right. it's like, no, I'm not them. I am not mm-hmm. those people in totally. my family and I defend against it, you know, but then, you know, yeah, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist in me at all. Um, and I'll just say to um, finish this up is one of the you really have to listen to this podcast with um it sounds great the 10% happier oh great yes okay um I put this on my Instagram as I was writing down I was like transcribing what he was saying because I really want to put this so I'm just going to repeat it here it's what he said is one of the expressions of white supremacy is that white folks are trained to bypass the feelings and bypass the body and to stay in the head so what Mm -hmm. he was talking about was like to intellectualize it oh okay you're Mm -hmm. feeling that so well what does this mean, you know, mm-hmm. and not feel it. And he was saying that it, basically if you can, he said, if you can ride, a, you ride above it if you can't feel it. If you can't feel my pain, then you're not going to help me disrupt the system that perpetuates the pain. Yeah. So it really, there's a lot of work here. And, yeah. And this is true, by the way, 
in all healing work, as we've talked uh-huh. about on this podcast for the last year, you know, yeah. is diving deep and feeling these feelings and with an open heart so that you can call, you get so much power back. I mean, I felt so powerful getting back this when I saw myself let go of like, you don't have to be a good person. It was like, what a relief. And I'm yeah. sure I'm still going to be dealing with that. I, I don't think it's gone forever, but um, yeah, anyway. All right. Well, I will say one way that you can continue this journey is to be in the Good Vibe Tribe. So, Tess, why don't you talk about it? (laughs) I didn't know that was a segue. Yeah, it is. So, and I mean it. I totally mean it. Hundred percent. Oh, thanks. Okay, so here is the Good Vibe Tribe sponsorship ad. Is that a good? That that was a terrible segue. It just makes it sound more addy, but it really is. (laughs) We don't have to. They know. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by the Good Vibe Tribe Online School of Magical Arts, a membership program featuring fourteen high quality magic workshops taught by me, live web chats and rituals every Tuesday that you can also watch or listen to later if you can't make it live. Um, a supportive magical community on Facebook. And I'm opening the doors to the Good Vibe Tribe on June 24th. And I'll also be teaching a free masterclass to celebrate. Mm. So I'll I'll talk about that soon. But learn more about the Good Vibe Tribe and get on the waiting list at TessWhitehurst.com slash join the tribe. Yeah, that's very exciting. Thank you. So, so... um empowering your good vibe tribe all right well now we are going to talk to tanya carol richardson who we both love friend of the show friend of us um and her new book are you an earth angel Okay, we're so excited to have Tanya Carol Richardson back. Um, Tanya is a self-improvement spiritual author and professional intuitive who works with empath clients all over the world. She is a regular contributor to Mind, Body, Green, and Spirit and Destiny, as well as author of several books, including Angel Intuition, Zen Teen, A Year of Self-Love, Page a Day Calendar, and Forever in My Heart, A Grief Journal. Learn more at TanyaBlessings.com. Tanya, Thank you for. Thank, I'm such a, a steady, devoted, religious listener of the podcast, so it's so exciting to be back. Thank you. Well, we love having you, and we're so excited about your new book. Are you an Earth Angel? Yes. Are we, Tanya? Yeah. I think <laughs> yes, that, you are. I think Natasha yes. is for sure. But when Aww. I was reading it, I was, well, I, it, I was conflicted because there's the part where it's like, um, earth angels are totally non-judgmental. And I was like, no, I am judgmental sometimes. But then when I took the quiz, I was like, oh no, I, maybe I am. I think I am. Well, and then you were also like, but earth angels aren't perfect. So, so I was like, okay, maybe. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I, anyway. I, have, I have to butt in here for a second. <laughs> I am certainly, you, ha- you haven't yet sat on the couch with me while I watched Sweet Magnolias or Love is Blind, because then you would know how judgmental <laughs> I can be. Oh yeah. But then mm-hmm. like Tanya says in the book, <laughs> earth angels are not perfect. And right, we do right. judge people and we do like make mistakes and hurt people sometimes, hurt people's feelings and 
Um, yes. But that we are can be really hard on ourselves about it too. So maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. We should probably just ask Tanya, what is an earth angel? Okay, I just want to be clear that I don't think I'm better than you. That's all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> and, now, and now we can let Tanya speak. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I think Tess brings up such a good point. As always, uh, earth angels are people who, first of all, I just want to say, it doesn't mean you're a divine angel reincarnated. So earth angels have a special connection to divine angels because they share similar characteristics. So clients who typically come into me or people I meet as having a strong earth angel energy or archetype to their soul are people who are generally optimistic. They, they tend to see the glasses half full. They tend to be very hopeful. They believe life is a magical, meaningful place, even though there are these terrible, awful things that go on at the same time. They're very much on a mission to help. Earth angels in particular like to go to where there's extreme suffering or people really need help. And they get great joy and purpose from helping and giving. They're very sensitive, so they're usually both highly sensitive and empathic so they can sense all the energies and emotions around them that's so they know who needs help hey that person needs help I got to go over there mm. um, and they're also very intuitive which goes along with having that sensitive psychic system so it's interesting I talk in the book how earth angels tend to be more forgiving tend to be more non-judgmental but that's never a black and white thing with anything in life so yes you can be an earth angel who says something really catty and hurts someone's feelings the difference with an earth angel is then you'll probably for days be like, oh gosh, I wish I, I wouldn't have said that, you oh, know? Yeah. And so earth angels can be a little hard on themselves, which is why they really need that TLC and self-care um, and, and loving energy, radical self-love with themselves because they want to give so much and they so want to be an honorable, good person that sometimes they can be quite hard on themselves. They have high standards for themselves. Yeah, so um, so to recharge, you talk about in the book some ways that um, Earth Angels, because right now, you know, with all these crazy things happening, like you talk about self-care, like really making extra time for self-care to recharge and boundaries too. Yeah, that's an issue with Earth Angels. So I think a lot of Earth Angels are being activated more than ever right now with all the challenging things and all the people that need help. And I always, you know, in the book, I explain that being an earth angel or deciding you want to align with that energy doesn't mean you have to change your life. It doesn't mean you need to be a, have a certain job or you suddenly have to go out and start a healing practice or you suddenly have to be nice to everyone <laughs> or you, you can't have a sense of humor or be sarcastic like we love about Natasha. It, you can still be, you know, that, that's great. You know, she's an earth angel. She's got this great wry wit and, and that's wonderful. She's also an earth angel. So it just simply means that you really are on this mission to help and, and be of service to people. So, so many earth angels are feeling more activated now. The issue with earth angels is they are wired to give, just like empaths are wired to feel. Earth angels have that empathic mm -hmm. ability. They're also wired to give. So they can become drained because they're always wanting to give and can overgive. So the boundaries is starting to see, hey, when am I off balance? When am I not centered because I've given too much? When do I need to stop and give back to myself? 
when do I need to pull back? How do I pull back from other people's energies and emotions? Which is something I talk about in my book, Self-Care for Impasse, that comes out in September as well. Because working with so many sensitive clients who can feel the energies and emotions of others, whether they identify as an empath or highly sensitive or as an earth angel, one common struggle is how do I not feel overwhelmed? How do I learn when to mindfully tune out when to mindfully tune in and how do I do that? How do I tune out? You know, because I'm wired to tune in naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds a lot like empaths. Like mm-hmm. just, I wonder, do you think that all empaths are earth angels? Not necessarily. It's funny. I've had a couple empaths read the book and they said, you know, I'm not necessarily an earth angel, but I love the exercises in this book. Oh, so, that's you know, Yeah. And one thing I I say in both the Earth Angel book and the Empath book is that this isn't about feeling like you're a better person than other people. You're more enlightened than other people. Mm -hmm. You're more spiritually gifted than other people. Mm -hmm. It's just about recognizing what resonates with you and what will Mm -hmm. help you on your path. So if you feel like you identify with this idea of being an earth angel, it doesn't mean that you're better or more enlightened than anyone else. Mm. It's just something in your... Right. So. <laughs> I, I said, Unless you're Natasha, because she is better than everyone else. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad we cleared that up. She's in a separate category that just exists for her. <laughs> so I think that, and that's something that I talk about in the self-care for impact book that comes out in September is this, this isn't about uh, feeling like you're better than anyone else or feeling like you have to do anything necessarily more than anyone else. It is about understanding your soul gifts, your soul purpose, and how you are naturally wired to interact with the world so that you can be more empowered and in control. Because Mm -hmm. a common theme with sensitive people is I feel and sense everything. I'm overwhelmed. How do I control Mm -hmm. this? How do I manage this sensitivity more mindfully? And what do I do with it? What am I meant to do with it in the world? Why do I have this? How can it help me in my relationships? How can it help me in my professional life? How can it help me help the collective world right now that is suffering so much? Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love um, what you're talking about as far as that. It's an archetype. It's a type for you to see like this. Oh, and I did feel like that when I was reading that. Just the first three chapters that I read, I was like, oh, I liked when you were talking about um, retreating because I really have noticed that like when I lived in Los Angeles, especially I would go by myself for a whole week just in a cabin in the woods. You know, just like I really need to balance this out. And then also I feel so comfortable moving way up into the Rockies and being pretty isolated. But then Mm -hmm. I liked how you were like, but it can be just as challenging to be too isolated. Like you have to find that whatever the unique balance is for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, Tess. Something that I talk about in both the Are You an Earth Angel book that's out now and the Self-Care for Empath book that comes out in September is something I call retreat and recover time. That's something that sensitive people need on a regular basis, whether it's daily or every month. Like Tess said, you take a long weekend in the mountains because you are hyper-perceptive. So your nervous and energetic system is wired to perceive more. Therefore, there's more to process. There's Mm -hmm. more stimuli to process. So whether it's 
you know, daily, weekly, monthly, you need some time where you can ground back into your own energy and not have a lot of high stimulation, a lot of other people's energies and emotions Mm -hmm. around. And I talk in both books about healthy retreat and recover time, which can be with other people, you know, reading in bed with a partner or cuddling with a pet. You don't necessarily have to be alone to do retreat and recover time. It has to be low stimulation. There's also a difference for sensitive people between healthy retreat and recover time and numbing out. Mm, So that's something that sensitive people can unconsciously get in the habit of doing. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe you're on your fifth binge watch of your Netflix episode. We've all been there, your second bottle of wine or something. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm just numbing out. And and don't judge yourself when you're numbing out, whether it's through food or alcohol or shopping or binge watching. It's just a sign from your system. Hey, I'm a sensitive person who's overwhelmed. I'm needing Mm -hmm. to stop everything. Mm -hmm. So we talk a lot in both books. I talk about um, healthy retreat and recovery times where you can be retreating, but still be present with yourself. Yeah. I think part of being able to not numb out is to give yourself to be aware, oh, I'm this kind of person that needs this Mm -hmm. retreat time and not judge yourself for it. Because like, I remember when I was a teenager and in my twenties feeling like, oh my God, I need, I need to be alone. I felt different than other people in that I couldn't just like go away for the weekend with a bunch of friends and party. (laughs) And like, Mm -hmm. I would feel like overwhelmed and I would judge myself for that, for not being the kind of person who didn't get, who you know, who didn't get overstimulated. So I think it is really important to know that about yourself. Like, it's okay. We're just all different. You know, some of us need downtime. Some of us don't. And that's the perfect example, Natasha. I say in both of the books, you know, sensitive people, and both of the books are different, which is really nice. When you read the Earth Angel book, Are You an Earth Angel? It's longer. There's a lot of stories about Earth Angels. It's, it's, and then the Self-Care for Empath book in September, it's activities, rituals, and quizzes. So they're very standalone, short things that you can do for self-care. Mm-hmm. But in both of the books, I say that how... just as Natasha said, a sensitive person might have this big weekend where maybe they go away for a weekend getaway and it's a wedding. It's a destination wedding and there's all this activity. It's great. There's friends and family. They're in a new location. I'm already panicking. (laughs) Pretend scenario. I'm like, oh that's because (laughs) where's my hotel room? Did I pack everything? Well, that's because (laughs) sensitive people, Natasha, suffer from anticipatory stress. It's a big thing with sensitive people. The days and weeks and months leading up to an event are way more stressful for a sensitive Mm -hmm. person than the actual event. Totally. So I have yeah, exercises in both books to deal with anticipatory stress for sensitive people. But to Natasha's earlier point, so you're having this big weekend, you're like, oh, this is so wonderful. The sensitive person would need the next weekend to probably be a down weekend where Mm -hmm. I'm just puttering around the house. I'm in my PJs. I'm here with my cat and my book. Mm -hmm. So, and it's just like Natasha said, not recognizing that as right or wrong or not judging yourself or your friend who's different, just saying, hey, we're wired a little differently. We experience the world a little differently. And sometimes sensitivity is something that you can also grow into. So you might start Mm -hmm. feeling like, hey, my sensitivity is really growing and coming online. So I do need more retreat and recover time than I used to, Mm -hmm. you know? 
And also it can be different month to month, day to day, you know, it's just the ultimate thing is just always being kind to yourself about wherever you are with it. Instead of being like, why am I like, even with like, why am I tired today? Or why do I need to not talk to anyone today? Or, you know, because I think in our society, we really value extroverts. Mm -hmm. And so those of us who are not that way, although I guess you can be an empath and an extrovert, but boy, that would be Yes, you can. You you definitely can. Are you? Uh, me personally, Natasha, whenever I do those introvert extroverts tests, I always land right in the middle, which is interesting. I've got that Irish charm where I love to go into a room (laughs) full of strangers and be like, Hey, let me tell you jokes. Let me meet you. You know? (laughs) So I think that's why I love to work with clients one-on-one and intuitive sessions. I love to get to know strangers, which is a Mm -hmm. very extroverted thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do, I am introverted where I do need a lot of um, alone time, but Natasha is absolutely right. These things of introvert and extroversion and empath and highly sensitive people, they exist on a spectrum. And uh, so you have to, you know, just get to know where you are in it and where you are at a certain point in your life. And as Natasha was saying, it's really about not judging yourself of what you need, especially now as more earth angels are being activated by this really transformative yet also challenging and traumatic energy that's out there knowing that, hey, I I really am feeling called to be a part of this and to help. At the same time, I've got to be taking very good care of myself right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, that um, brings up something I wanted to talk about that I also think is so valuable about the Earth Angel book was that you were talking about in that book how empaths often assume that this, you know, being highly sensitive, being open to other people's feelings, that means I have to shield and block and keep myself separate where it's really, that's really not the case. Like that's not the healthiest way to approach it. It doesn't feel good. And it's not like actually protecting you to do that. So can you talk a little bit about that? How people, especially during challenging times on earth like this, how um, we can be in the world and be present without feeling like we have to shield and block ourselves away emotionally. Yeah, I think we're all supposed to be experiencing this. You know, it's not fun. And for Mm -hmm. some people, it's incredibly challenging and traumatic. And I think you have to support yourself while, but Tess is right. We are on the earth plane. We came here and we need to be a part of this and we need to be feeling it to some degree. And I think it could be back to what Natasha says, you need to decide day to day how much you can take in and how much you need to pull back. And Mm -hmm. Tess has a wonderful practice that I talked about in the self-care for empaths book, Mindful Heartache. That's where you're allowing that empath Because one thing I talk about in both books is where you're opening up to feel, you're mindfully saying, hey, I want to feel this. There's been a a national tragedy and I want to cry. I want to feel this for a minute. And then there's the other times where you say, okay, now I need to pull back and get into witnessing energy. I need to observe this and I need to not be feeling so much this. Still watching, still present, but not be feeling. That's something empaths can get better at a learning what the difference is how the difference feels mindfully doing both and then you start to train your system to do it automatically where your system knows hey we're supposed to be opening up and feeling this hey now it's time to pull back and get into witnessing energy but the thing that i think tess is referring to in the book is 
we've got to find our own balance with that, which could change depending on your own mental and emotional states. If you're going through a really traumatic time personally, while all this world trauma is going on, you've got to pull back and take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Or if you have a history of depression or anxiety, you've got to be Mm -hmm. very kind and gentle with yourself right now. Mm -hmm. And then, so it, it really is a balancing act, but what Tess is referring to is that your sensitive system is holistic. So to explore your intuition, to increase your sensitivity and get all the fun, mystical stuff that we want to do, we also have to feel into some of that challenging energy. They're linked. So you can't have the good without the bad. So if you can find your own way to tune in and out, whether it's to a loved one who's going through a challenging time or for the world, it's actually to your benefit ultimately. Um, So... Going back a little bit here about earth angels, do you have like a definition for, for instance, like um, star seeds are people that actually came from, you know, different stars. Like is our earth angels, are you, do you get information that they come from a different place to come to earth? Yeah, it's interesting. I, yeah, I love how everyone has these different, I think we all have different pieces of the puzzle. You know, mm-hmm, so different mm-hmm. healers or different writers, they're given different information. I've worked with divine angels. I have two books about divine angels, angel insights and angel intuition. I work with angels in private intuitive clients, uh, private intuitive sessions with clients. So because of my long history with angels, I think they chose me to jump into the earth angel discussion. And mm-hmm. I started to notice that most of my clients who come to me are highly sensitive, empathic people. And I started to notice this archetype among some of them that I was starting to language as an earth angel. Mm. So earth angels from my perspective and other people could have other wonderful perspectives on this, but from mine, they are humans. So they're Mm -hmm. humans who came from whatever dimension, we could call it heaven, we could call it many dimensions out there. But the point is they came in wired as highly sensitive, empathic people who are very naturally compassionate. That's where they they, they like to not be judgmental. They like to be optimistic. It's their natural wiring. And they're very much wired to give and to be mm-hmm. of service and really mm-hmm. feel called to help people who are suffering. So the so reason it's, call yes. them earth angels is because they do have that connection to divine angels in the sense that that's what divine angels are. They're very loving. They're very compassionate. Divine angels aren't like humans. They really don't judge you. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, they, they, you can come to an angel, which is so, if you want real unconditional love, go to an angel. You know, mm-hmm. it's powerful. Mm-hmm. So we're humans, you know, we're a little bit different and that's wonderful. That's not good or bad. But mm-hmm. we do, earth angels have, a, have a, a lot in common with divine angels. And so are there any, like, are there regular exercises in the book that you do that you, like, maybe your go-to ones to help people with their, if they're on overload or something? Like, Yeah, my, my thing with um, self-care for highly sensitive, empathic, earth angel people, wherever you fall in there, however you identify, is really earthy grounding stuff. Eat a healthy okay. diet, get oh, enough okay. sleep do gentle exercise, look at your relationships, avoid unnecessary drama, take Mm. all that kind of general self-care stuff. 
you know, try and keep your, fa your finances not overwhelming. Remember, sensitive mm. people are more easily overwhelmed. So you want to give your physical body a really good grounding place mm. to be in the world. You want your home to be nice and grounded. Mm. You want to minimize the overwhelm in your life because mm -hmm. as a sensitive person, you're going to be more easily overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So really, it's not so much about holding a certain crystal or calling in, you know, all that stuff mm. is amazing and wonderful and earth angels are very attracted to it and there's stuff with that in the books but it's really about just like taking good care of your physical body and, and your in your psychology needs that's huge mm, that's interesting i really liked i wrote i made a note about um the five steps you have for shifting your energy and lifting your vibration in that book it they're so simple um and so perfect i felt like the first one is to really look at, like, if you want to shift your energy and um, lift your vibration to look at and get honest about any challenging emotions. Mm. That's what is the one you started with was like, can you just look and see? Cause that is, I feel like that is so true. It is like the anticipatory stress you were talking about of like, if there's something in the back of my mind, like, Oh, I'm worried about this. Like I, if I'm blocking that out, I'm not going to feel okay. Mm. Like I yeah. can't just, you know, you can, like you can't wave your magic wand yeah. and get rid of it. Unfortunately, you know, yes. it'd be nice if you could. So I thought that was a cool place to start was just to be like, oh, okay, is be there aware. something I'm suppressing or not letting myself feel or not like taking the time to think about and then acknowledging it and breathing through it and letting it be there. And then number two was energy cleanse, do an energy cleanse, which I thought that was a good order. And number three, oh, absorb something inspiring. I like that how you said that about earth angels, that it's really easy for us to really get a lot out of art, like beautiful books and music and, mm. you know, and then you know, watch, watch an inspiring speech yeah. or you know, read something by Martin Luther King, like read something just incredibly inspiring and that your vibrations is going right. to jack right up. I have a book by um, James Thurber that every time I read it, it makes me laugh until I cry. And that is a helpful one for me for raising vibration. Um, what is and then, it? Well, it's like a compilation of different things, but he has, you know, he has like short stories and he has cartoons. Oh, a, he was okay. a writer from the, what, 1940s, 30s, 40s. Oh, okay. And um, The Night the Bed Fell is his short story that just, mm -hmm. it never fails to just mm. make me cry with <laughs> laughter. But anyway, um, number four is self-care. Like just really look at your self-care routine, which sounds so simple. And we all are talking about self-care all the time, but it does make such a difference. Be like, I'm just going to stop and ask myself, what is going to nourish me right now? Um, and then the fifth one was to, oh, check in with your intuition and see, ask yourself if, if anything has been draining you. I mean, yeah. those five things that you, that you can't go wrong, that's going to definitely lift your vibration, you know? Well, and as I like, Tess, when you were talking about the first one, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but for me, like Tess said, sometimes you know, as sensitive people, since we feel things so much, we can want to, you know, hold those challenging emotions at bay. Uh, yes. You know, there's a little fear there. But for me, what I found as I get older, if I just admit, you know, right. God, I'm really stressed about this thing. Yeah. 
it just takes all the air out of it. And it's like, I don't have to know the answer. I don't have to be able to change it. Let me just sit with it, admit it, comfort myself. That is like 50% of it. For right. Yes, and then, totally. and then only then are you empowered to shift it too. Yeah. Like, okay, now what am I going to do? You know, because then you know what you're dealing with. Yeah. There's a spiritual author and teacher I follow named Robert Ohato, um, spelled O-H-O-T-T-O, who I mention in my books, but he, he makes the great uh, point all the time when he's talking to people that when you feel your challenging emotions, you can get the message underneath them. If you're mm -hmm. unwilling to feel your challenging mm -hmm. emotions, you're not going to know the action step that emotion is pushing you to do. Mm -hmm. You're not mm -hmm. going to know that someone crossed your boundary. Or, oh, hey, this is a dream that's really important to me. I need to go after it. You're mm -hmm. not going to get those messages. So there is real skin in the game for you to feel these emotions because you can change and shift after you feel it and you can get the intuitive message underneath it. Yeah. Well, and we talk about that a lot with the Sedona method about feeling your feelings. And then when you can allow them to be there, first of all, they shift because you're not your feelings. You're, you're the witness, you're the loving witness underneath it. So when you allow them to be there, they will shift. But then also, like you said, you'll get information because there is, yeah, there's so much information underneath all of our feelings. And when we stuff it down, I mean, there's understandable fear. A lot of times the fear that keeps us from feeling our feelings is, oh my God, I'm going to be overwhelmed with it. When the truth is it's the stopping of it that's really overwhelming. It's really putting a stop on your whole life. It's stopping um, the flow. Right. Yeah. And I do always, I say in both of the books, you know, if you are feeling out of control with an emotion, if you're feeling so overwhelmed, you're scared, get help, reach mm -hmm. out to a friend, reach out to a counselor, do what you need to do for yourself. That's okay too. You know, if that's happening course, to you, yeah. just, just admit it. It happens to all of us. It doesn't mean that you haven't done the work or you're not enlightened. It, right. It's something that happens occasionally in life. So get yourself the support that you need. Definitely. But I will say that I do think it's like what you were talking about, about anticipatory um, fear. It's, it really is most, I would say in my experience from everyone I've seen and myself is like 99% of the time, it's the anticipatory fear of the feeling um, as opposed to really being overwhelmed by the actual feelings. Especially yeah, and when you can be there with an open heart and like really support yourself with it. I mean, that's, that's the way through. Yeah. And it's interesting just working with so thousands of sensitive clients, the anticipatory stress, it really hits sensitive people for several mm -hmm. different reasons. But I think it's good if you identify as a HSP or an empath or an earth angel or star seed or whatever, that's a little bit more sensitive skin you're in think about the anticipatory stress. And I have a lot of steps about how to manage and um, how to work with that so it doesn't overwhelm you. But I think as Natasha said, the first thing is just getting clear on it. Like, wow, sometimes I'm a little more prone to anticipatory stress. That's good to know that 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 helps tremendously just to be aware yes, of it. To not beat yourself up. Like, why am I feeling this? 
Yeah. And I have never heard anyone name that before. And I have experienced it my whole life. Like, I mean, if I, even if I'm just taking a trip to California to see my family and it's in my calendar, I'm like, oh, that's next month. I'm going to the airport. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah, It's, it'll be fine. You can go to the airport and you can fly on a plane. But, and I do, I judge myself and I, I question like, why, why does that hang over my head? Like something I'm excited to do. So I am going to read that section. I'm going to read the book and that I'm really excited to see that section, especially. Yeah. I want to say, ask you, Tanya, more about that. Like, I want you to tell us a little bit about how you handle that. But I also want to say travel is, I feel like a whole other beast. Like, cause I, I feel like every, I know so many people who get depressed or like have a real heavy feeling before travel. Like there's extra anticipatory stress about that. Okay. So it's not, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like heavy or anxiety. It's just like, it. well, it's just energy. It's just like, why, why is that? Why did I have to have that in the back of my head for two months before I go? It like makes me feel less relaxed at home. Like I can't just chill. And then I'm like, what do I just never want to travel anywhere? And I enjoy (laughs) it. So I don't know. It's just like, I am excited to have a name for it. Oh, First of all, you're so, so cute. You, everything, <laughs> you know, you're, you're so honest and everything you share on this podcast is I think things that other people can so relate to and you're just adorable in the way you authentically <laughs> present yourself. So Thank I just had you. to say that. But I think Tess is describing something in Natasha that we feel. So a couple of things were coming to me intuitively as you guys were talking. One, with the travel, you got to remember sensitive people can tune into energy. So they're already weeks ahead of time tuning into how stressful that airport is going to be. Oh, and, oh, right. you know, you're already feeling the energy ahead of time because mm-hmm. you can tune in so easily. Mm-hmm. So that's something. So with the big wedding that you're a part of, I'm already tuned, you know, also. God, Tanya, enough with this wedding. Even this the word. I know, I know. I was like, oh, sorry. That, that's an extreme example. Family reunion. Something, you know, where there's a gathering and it's like, there's some, you know, a lot of things got to be crossed off the list. A lot of things got to go right. Um, mm, so they're yeah. already tuning into that energy of there's going to be a lot of people. It could be a little hectic, you know, that kind of stuff. Also, in my experience, sensitive people are in, tend to be very conscientious. They don't like to make mistakes because they don't like to feel the challenging energy a mistake will produce in another person. I put mm-hmm. mistakes in quotes, you know, what you mm-hmm. feel is a mistake or a slip up oh, this is going to upset someone. Then I'm going to have to feel all their challenging emotions about what I've done, plus my own. Mm. So they tend to double check, triple check things. So with Tess, part of the thing also might be with her is just, you know, I've got my checklist of my trip. I've double, triple checked everything. <laughs> you know, I'm, a I'm a detail-oriented, <laughs> sensitive person. So, and and just, and that's something that I think it's a gift you give yourself is, knowing that a lot of sensitive people will say, you know, I like to arrive 15 minutes early for things. It makes me much more relaxed. Mm -hmm. So just realize that I'm the person that wants to double check my list. I'm the person that likes to arrive 15 minutes early. It's okay if other people don't, but I get too, too much anticipatory stress if I'm not very prepared. Then there's the question of, hey, I've double checked my list. I'm here 15 minutes early. I'm still freaking out. That's when I say you should let go and go into like creative visualization, mm. imagining the event going smoothly. Even mm. if it's a confrontation that you know may not go smoothly, imagine yourself feeling relaxed as, as mm. you're talking to this person. Imagine them 
you know, um, opening up and really listening to what you have to say. So after you've double checked your list and you realize you're just in overdrive, worry, anticipatory stress, that's a cue every time you worry to go to your creative visualization of how it's going to go and mm -hmm. how you're going to feel, you know, whatever happens, mm -hmm. I'm going to feel calm. I'm going to feel relaxed. I'm going to feel happy or I'm going to feel hopeful during this event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I would say, um, well, two things. One, I love that going to that visualization and just like, I'm at the wedding, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're dancing and dancing at the wedding. Um, but also I think, you know, I'll always go to the inner child work is like putting your hand in your heart and being like, you know, it's okay. You're feeling stressed right now. That's okay. You know, really that to me, like really calms me down. Like, or not even that's okay. Like, yeah, this is a moment of suffering. Maybe kind to of myself. Yeah. And then that to me really opens up the gateway to now like, oh, let's visualize together. Like this wedding being fun. Well, yeah. that's, the inner child, I bet that. I well, totally and I think what Natasha is talking about too is what we've been talking about the whole podcast so far is just admitting how you're feeling. Yes. Just like Natasha was saying in that, in those suggestions, somewhere in there, just admit to yourself, hey, I'm stressed about this flight. That's normal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay. This, these are, they seem small, but yeah, sometimes mm -hmm. a, a flight with a couple of changes can be very stressful. Yes. Anybody would feel this way. Just, right. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Letting yourself, giving yourself permission to be human and have all these feelings. Yeah, Even if you're an earth angel, you're still human. The inner child thing helps me because I do think I often, like stuff like that when I'm feeling like, why do I feel stressed about this thing that is going to be fine and easy that I want to do? Yeah. I can't often, I feel like Natasha, you help me remember this a lot, is for some reason, I, my inner child thinks she has to do that. Like the yeah. inner child's like, oh no, I what if I miss the flight? And then of course she's a child. So she's like, that would be terrible. It's like, well, you'll <laughs> right. be okay. Even that, I mean, you don't want to miss it, but if you did, you, it would still right. be okay. <laughs> right. Just yes, to like you don't assure be her. Yes. You don't yeah. want to be the mom who's like, you know, the mom to your inner child who's like, why are you so stressed about this? Yeah. You know, yeah. Instead, it's I'd be like, I am the grown up. I will make sure we get to the flight. Yes. And, you know, if we don't, we'll be okay. <laughs> yes. We'll and call on your out. angels. You yeah. know, call, call, say, hey, you know, I'm calling on Archangel Michael and my guardian angels. I'm just touching in with you. I know you'll be there, but I'm just reminding you, be there with me that day as I'm traveling. So you can help if something falls through. It's not all on me. And remember, things don't have to go perfectly because sensitive people can be very conscientious and detail-oriented and not want to cause challenging feelings in other people. They can want things to go perfectly. Yes. And just remind yourself, it doesn't have to be perfect, yeah. you know? Yes. The old, I feel like, well, I mean, one, the main time I'm like that is with travel. And I think it is because there's so much out of my control that it's like that's I'm like oh my god like because if we miss this flight then we're fucked like yeah. <laughs> you know and it feels like really anxiety there's just so much like going into the future that I feel like has to go right so that's when it's so helpful to like just soothe yourself bring yourself back to the present you know like that's okay you're scared and bring in that visualization of like everything's great it, like we made it to the flight on time you know and even if you didn't that's where it's great to just say I'm handing this over to my angels I'm handing this over to my spirit guides to the goddess yeah, who, whoever yeah. I hand things over to she's going to handle it mm -hmm. so I can just surrender 
give myself a break, let my system recharge and let the angels have this one because Uh, I can't control whether I make that flight or not. It's funny. I got a, I had a time recently where I ended up that's that thing happened and I didn't make the flight and I'd been home away from home for a week and a half and I really wanted to go home and I was in this hotel room at 2 a.m and I had a deadline for a magazine and I was Mm. just like you know what I'm just going to surrender and make this a great experience for myself I got myself a pedicure at the airport and (laughs) it's you know so I think it's also just knowing like hey whatever happens I can I can do that earth angel thing where I try and spin this into a good experience you know or meaningful experience even if I am stuck in a strange airport all day how can I make this fun for myself and it's interesting we're talking so much about travel because right now travel is something that's very restricted Mm. yet when it does come back to normal people will have extra PTSD around travel because Mm. we've all been restricted from it because Mm. there will be new safety protocols Mm. so this is actually a great conversation for sensitive people to be having now ahead of time yeah yeah I mean I think about it a lot like we're babies and we, when we're like little babies, we don't have any sense of needing control, but everything works out. We figure out how to walk, you know, we figure out how to, we figure out a lot of stuff when we're babies, you know, without worrying about it. I mean, and then there are kids that get anxious early, but you, most, a lot of kids I'll say like when they're little, don't have a lot of that kind of anxiety. They're just going with it and it works out. So yeah, it's our brains are like, oh. anyway, Tanya, it's so great to have you here. As always, tell everybody um, where they can find you. And also Tanya gives such great readings when you, if you get a reading with her, she connects you to your angels and she gets information from her angels. And it's just such a wonderful experience. So where can they find you? Yeah, and Natasha, as many of you know, gives great energy healings. We've given a couple oh, of readings to each you. other, and her inner child work is really powerful, as Tess knows as well. So, mm, and you thanks, can find, Tanya. yeah, she she really is in a category all on her own. Oh, <laughs> so complimentary. We need you here more often. <laughs> but you can. Yeah, but you can find me, at, and everyone knows how I feel about Tess. She's like yes. my rock star. I always look up to. Aww, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> It's true, but you, yeah. Well, how could you not? <laughs> Tess, Tess is just like a force. Yeah. Um, but you can find me at Tanya Blessings. So it's T-A-N-Y-A and then the word blessings.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. And I've got the two books coming out. Are You an Earth Angel is out now in June. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, bookshop.org. And Self Care for Empaths comes out in September. You can get it on all the same places. Um, just quick question. Can we also get it at other bookstores? You can. It? And bookshop.org actually is a new thing that tries to support independent local stores. Right. So right now, if your store is closed and some stores really are closed, some stores are doing curbside pickup um, mm-hmm. at larger independent stores and especially metaphysical stores, you can usually find my books. And if your store is closed, check out that bookshop.org. And another thing I've liked to be doing is actually in our newsletter that's coming out, I um, <clears throat> have a link to black owned biz bookstores. So you can also like put it in any of those and see if they carry it. Oh, cool. We can put that, that in the show notes too. Oh yeah. Great. All right. Well, thank you again, Tanya. We love you. We love and your you. Your book thank is amazing. You. And we love, I'm so excited for your next book too. 
Thank you. And I, I love the, this podcast and you guys and all the <laughs> listeners. Thank you for having me on. So that was our lovely talk. We love Tanya. We love hope you, you Tanya. liked it. Um, and now what are we doing? Oh, Goddess Provisions. Now, yeah, let's talk about Goddess Provisions. Okay. Well, Goddess Provisions is just like my happy place. Both of our happy places, I think. I love it more and more every day. <sighs> Me too. I, I don't. Maybe it's just because we feel like we need it more and more these days. It's just like... You know what you were talking about not posting the cake wall? This is like every reason why you should post the cake wall. It's like this just nourishing, joyful um, box that you get every month if you want, or you can just get one. But it comes with, I think at one point there's like eight full-size um, products. So there's like, I mean, everything from like a sleep magnesium spray, so you sleep better. Um, Candles, like yeah. tinctures. I love that. Always like, longevity a, tincture. Yes. I've been taking it. It's so good. Oh, there's always like, oh, there's <laughs> always a crystal in there. I've mentioned the gua sha many times on here. Still don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's a, boy, by the way, the lymphatic drainage right now is such such good self-care oh oh it really is it's like relaxes me instantly um anyway there's so many wonderful things in there there's like altar claws it changes every time but um if you buy one through our website we get a little um commission so we really appreciate it it's a great way to support the show um you can go to our our website magicmondaypodcast.com and there's a little banner on the side and click goddess provisions and every for every box sold they plant a tree and they're vegan and cruelty free yeah it's great yeah um you want to tell them the other way they can support the show yeah um you can also give a rate write us a review on um apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts but apple podcasts is the best if you don't mind and also just rate us you yeah. could also rate us that it is just, so helpful yeah it helps people when you do it on apple it helps people <clears throat> excuse me find this show so we really appreciate it and thank you so much that for everybody that already has it really makes us happy yeah we really appreciate it all right now, okay. it's time for the Energy Report. And thank you to the last person who, I feel like a real radio DJ right now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to the really last. Really intimate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> thank you to the last person who asked me not to change the theme. I appreciate yeah. it. In the, the review, mm -hmm. the latest review. Brett said he was going to do a a big cut of, I forget what it's called uh oh shoot I can't think of the phrase but like of put together all the times I've talked about the song oh that would be funny <laughs> like a one. montage yes the one thing okay so the energy report is when I talk about the energy of the week based on the clients I've seen and in myself and also I add in a little astrology as well these days because it's all connected let's face yeah. it yeah so, you know, also, P.S., it's eclipse season, <laughs> if we haven't gone through enough. I mean, it's all good, you know. It really is necessary. Eclipse season is about, like, really, once again, bringing out everything that isn't working. What haven't you been looking at 
what don't you want to look at that you've been avoiding? Well, it's time to look at it with an open heart so that it can clear out so that we can bring in, you know, the what is working and what what is going to serve you. So once again, that really is the theme. Um, what I interestingly I noticed this week is that it was a lot of people um, wanting to have better like habits and hmm. um, and clearing out old gunk that was preventing them from treating themselves better, um, but also like on a functional level, like eating better. That came up a lot this week. I, oh, interesting. I just love my job so much because sometimes like when the fifth person will say that, I'll just be like, oh God, I love this. Because it's just like every, you know, yeah. it's so like the universe is supporting this, obviously, right. because it's like highlighting it in people for them to figure out how can I do this, you know? It's a wave of energy. Because like when I used to live on Venice Beach, there would be a day that like a certain type of seashell would all wash up or like oh, wow. a certain type of seaweed would all it would it, and it, it's like the waves and I feel like that's the wow, similar I love that similar thing with waves of energy yeah and that reminds me of our conversation about Tanya about like how every day you know is different and being yeah. patient with yourself like what if this <laughs> what if the sea was like why are we only bringing up these seashells? <laughs> Why today is it only this seaweed? Yeah. You know? But really, it's just like, this is the pattern right now. Mm -hmm. So um, it was very interesting for me to look energetically at um, what people needed to do to nourish themselves better. Because um, let's be honest, I am not the best eater. <laughs> oh. I don't... Um, give myself enough fruits and vegetables mm. um but that doesn't matter um I can still be helpful because it, it yeah it, yeah because I can see like because first of all they're not coming to me as my personality I'm looking at this in neutral and I'm seeing their whole energies and it actually was very helpful for me because what I noticed was um it's really was about <laughs> no surprise connection actually to the inner child oh. to this little kid inside them that um that wanted more attention that wanted more like checking in well what is it that you want you know like and it's because a lot of times when we're driven to do things we don't want to do not even just eating we're going unconscious like tanya was saying um you could you can check out or you can take care of yourself with downtime. Um, so anyway, it was like really about involving more of yourself. So it's not just an impulsive kind of thing. I mean, I know for personally myself, that's what I, I'm hungry. I'm just going to have a cookie. It's easy. Mm -hmm. And then the hunger will be over, you know, mm -hmm. instead of checking in with, well, what do I really want right now? Is that really going to nourish me? Um, so there's that piece of it. And also we're really being called again to slow down and have a medita meditation practice. I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. So, I mean, my meditation practice, its it feels very important right yes. now. Yes. And I was really seeing it's like it. this feeding ourselves better on that level really takes a slowing down because eating and food, and it wasn't just food, but 
but mostly, but it was like, it requires, because it's such a habit. It's just something we do every day. It becomes unconscious almost, you know, like, yeah, we have to decide what to eat, but it's like, feed, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. So it becomes important to really slow it down and have some time in the day where your brain isn't going so that you have those new brain pathways, you know, of, Mm -hmm. okay, hold on, let me slow down. Okay. This becomes more of a muscle memory that I know what that feels like. Um, so it's those two things and it does. So connecting to the heart, talking to inner child and slowing down. So there's this great practice that I learned in self, in my self-compassion training, which was affectionate breathing, Mm. which I actually put in my 11 for my 11 tools for 11 days. It's one of them. Um, it's, which you can get on your website. That's true. You can. Highest Sight Healing. <laughs> Thank you, Ty. <laughs> very supportive of each other. Um, <laughs> so it's very simple. And it's basically just putting your hand on your heart and watching your breath with affection. So you're not mm. just watching. In normal meditation, you might watch your breath. And, and I do recommend this, counting like one and then exhaling, then counting two on the inhale and then exhaling and doing that if you don't get distracted until 10 if you do get distracted start over at one and then doing the exhale um, counting the exhale instead of the inhale so that's a beautiful practice but this is affectionate breathing is watching your breath just like with affection so as if maybe if that's hard for you to do when you put your hand on your heart if you don't feel you know, love, if you're not feeling anything, you can imagine, okay, what if I watched my breath as if it was um, my pet or my daughter or, you know, someone I love so much. And then as you're watching your breath, just feel it nourishing you. Just notice how nourishing and, and allow yourself to just breathe, you know, noticing that it's kind of holding you. And yeah. nourishing you and supporting Relaxing you. and opening and sending energy around. Like when you pay attention to it, it is so loving. Yeah. So, and to have that intention. So you're not just watching your breath, you're watching it with affection. Yeah. So that kind of brings in the heart and the slowing down together. Because this really feels like a time to me where we need um, restorative energy. There's Uh been a lot going on outside of us, and whether we're a person of color or we're white, we still need to, we all need to feel restored in order to fight. (laughs) Uh We need this time, and we need an open heart. That was the other thing, like really the heart opening was very important so that you're not criticizing yourself if you um, aren't eating the way you want or you're drinking too or whatever it is, but you're looking at it through an open heart. Yeah. So that's it. I like that. I also like um, when you are talking about the slowing down and the meditation kind of um, in tandem with eating because that energy, when it moves to food, I feel it moving into like making food into more of a self-care ritual, which feels Mm -hmm. really good to me. You know, I'm just aware of like, I know I said I'm not the best eater. By that, I just meant I don't 
eat like the most nutritive foods that my body really does want. I'm not trying to make foods bad or good because we don't do that here. But you know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. I do feel like my body wants more nutritive foods and I'm just making decisions out of habit, you know, as opposed to like one really listening to the body. Truly intuitive mm-hmm. eating. Okay, I just felt like yeah. I to say that because I didn't want to make any food bad or good. Good. Yeah, I, I like that. Moralize it. Okay. Okay, so now it's time for Practical Magic. Okay, so um, I was also going to talk about meditating this week. Oh. Um, but, you know, this. Is, so we just had the full moon last week last friday Mm -hmm. so now the moon is waning and it's a wonderful time for us to work magic to uh unwind and unbind Mm. old patterns in ourselves and in our culture Mm. this is the tide of energy anyway so this to work with that diminishing energy of the moon so um i did post last week um a post on my blog about four spells for protecting protesters and um, healing racism or mm-hmm. racial justice in our culture. And there is one that is um, for healing racism in the world. There's one for healing racism in yourself. And those are perfect to do this week because they're both about unwinding and unbinding and clearing and cleansing and resetting and transmuting old negative patterns into positivity. So you can find those spells at TessWhitehurst.com. But you can also just set that intention and do that as part of your meditation. But daily meditation, I was going to talk about clearing and shielding. Got to do that this week. Um, it's always good to have a magical hygiene practice of um, regularly, every day, clearing your energy and shielding your energy in light and love. And we were talking with Tanya about how this is not about like, oh, I've just got to push everything out. It's a shield that keeps me away from the world. It's not that. It's a shield that reminds you that you are centered in love. So that when you look through you, this bubble of light around you, you are seeing through eyes of love and you're open. You can open your heart with safety because you have a boundary like this does feel good to me. I do want this in my space. This is something that I don't want in my space. This is something that feels authentic to me to do or offer. This is something that doesn't. That's what it is. It's like a shield to remind you of what is your energy, what isn't your energy, what's grounded and centered in love and authenticity and what isn't. Yeah, if you don't have a boundary then you don't know what's yours and what's somebody else's you can't Mm -hmm. you don't you can't um yeah it's more about my guides have often said to me boundaries aren't about shoving people out it's about shoring Mm -hmm. yourself up yeah and it's very loving i mean when you have healthy boundaries and you're emanating positive energy that's the most healing and supportive thing so often if you aren't used to having boundaries you might have the assumption like oh but everyone needs me to do all these things or to be this to them even though it doesn't feel good to me that's what i need to do and it because that's what helps people and that when it comes from that when you're acting out of a place that is draining to you it's actually not supporting other people the way you think it is it 
it's it's an unhealthy pattern. So yeah. it's not something to be angry with yourself about or judge no. yourself about, just to be acknowledge it. Oh yeah, this doesn't feel authentic. And then you learn over time, like it becomes more and more natural. And that that clearing and shielding the daily meditation practice that's magical hygiene, that like nothing else has helped me to very clearly right away. If someone asks me to do something, then I can either be like, yes, I would love to, or oh, you know what? No, it doesn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. So clearing and shielding daily. I, you know what I've been doing lately is the Merkaba. Have you been doing that yes, lately? I just love it. Yes. I yes. know. This is a really intense meditation. It might not be, <laughs> it's not for everybody yet. <laughs> well, it could be. Uh, at yeah. some point. Yeah. I just know pressure. It's a, There's a lot of details. It's there's a lot detailed. of details. But that yeah, is where I was gifted, you know, enormous crystals into my hands chakras. That you still have. That I still, yeah. I, I think they're there forever. Yeah. So this is a meditation, you guys, that we we learned from Christopher Penzak's book, um, Ascension. Ascension Magic, which I'll put in the show notes. It's, and, a bi- um, it's like a Bible. It's so great. Yeah, I want to I have been reading it again lately, too. And he also has a guided version of it. I have I like to do that a couple of times, but then I, I prefer doing it on my own at my own pace. Yeah. It just, it, it involves, if you feel drawn to learning about it, I recommend checking it out in Ascension Magic, but there's certain breaths and visualizations yeah. and there's geometric patterns you envision mm-hmm. and you send them spinning in different directions around yourself. It's, it's elaborate and it's amazing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you, you do ascend or you yeah. can. I think it took like five times. Like, I had to get really comfortable with it before I Yeah, you have to practice it. It's like a choreographed. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. It doesn't have to be that. I have, I also have, um, like, an aura cleansing guided meditation on my site, on my YouTube channel, chakra cleansing. The important thing, I would say, is grounding, um, clearing, and shielding your energy every day. Right now, especially. Not to bring back the red light, but I've really been needing that that red oh. light. I sit in front of a red light and do a chakra cleansing, and it's really necessary these days, especially if you feel depleted. I also have a chakra cleansing if you are on my newsletter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, so you can do that. I think chakra cleansing is really good now that you bring yeah. that up. And I do, I I don't know if I'm going to be able to find that link to the red light. Maybe I will. But it's a red light that not only makes your skin, really restores your skin, but also your mood. That's really why I do it at this point. Cause it's just Maybe like, I'll finally get that. Uh, it's Maybe the so time is right. It's good for the mood. I mean, I'll just sit there for like three minutes. I'm like, oh, I feel better. Yeah. I don't even know why. It's cool. for plants. It's supposed to help Do you still do it every grow. day? Like five days a week, I would say. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's supposed to help plants grow, and apparently skincare companies found this out and then bought, made their own devices, and they're like hundreds of dollars, but mm. I just get the $35 one. That's what I got. It's science. Yeah, and I meditate at the same time. It's like a real, you know, two birds with one stone situation. <laughs> Actually, three birds. My <laughs> meditation, mood, mood and um, that's skincare. Awesome. All right. We did okay. it. Okay. So, yeah. oh, well, sorry. wait. I'm just so a few sorry. more. Actually, yeah. that's okay. Uh, <laughs> no, don't apologize. Um, 
I was also going to talk about self-care and self-kindness, which I think we've already covered, um, self-compassion. But rose quartz mm. and tourmaline came through also for us this week. Ooh, yeah. This is my rose yeah. quartz candy necklace. Yeah. So rose quartz, um, soothing. It, it can heal the heart. It can help you just like, see if it... Uh, I think both of these stones, either or or both, but the rose quartz can be um, restorative to your heart and soothing and smoothing, sort of like healing in that way. And then um, tourmaline, black tourmaline, if you're feeling a lot of anxiety or frenetic energy or you're having trouble sleeping, then the black tourmaline can help by absorbing mm. Um, sort of neutralizing that yeah. excess energy. Mm -hmm. um, and then one more thing for Practical Magic this week is walnut flower essence, which mm. I talked about in the spell on my website for healing racism within yourself. Oh. It's a flower essence that helps with change. So even if, um, you know, maybe that's not your intention this week because maybe this isn't your journey like it is mine right now, um, still there's just so much change going on what is so your journey like if someone is not healing racism within their, their self themselves well, listen, because maybe i'm sorry but it's time to look at it because well, we all but have... maybe they're not white they have a different relationship I with it what you were saying you didn't say that i don't okay. want to imply that everyone needs to be on this journey because right. we're all we all have different relationships with that right um to our white listeners you're saying to yes. our white listeners yeah, yeah, that might be walnut flower essence can help in that way. But to ever all our listeners, um, it can help us move through this radical change that's happening just energetically mm. across the planet right now. So um, so walnut flower essence, it's one of the Bach essences. You take it under your tongue. It's um, It's a homeopathic remedy. Yeah, I love those Bach flower remedies. Yeah, me too. Um, all right. So shall we okay. do our um, housekeeping? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you can find us at magicmondaypodcast.com. And if you want to ask us a question, there's a little place to do that there. Um, and you can sign up for our newsletter. Um, and you can find us at Magic Monday Pod on Facebook or ask to join the listener group, Magic Monday Podcast listeners on Facebook. And we're on Magic Monday Podcast on Instagram, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on my website at TessWhitehurst.com, on Instagram at Tess4444, on Twitter at Tess Whitehurst, on Facebook at Tess Whitehurst Author, and on YouTube at Tess Whitehurst. And you can check out the Good Vibe Tribe at TessWhitehurst.com slash join the tribe. Yeah. And you can find me at HighestLightHealing.com. You can sign up for my newsletter and you get like, I think there's like three meditations you get when you do that. And I also have some classes up there you can check out or you can schedule a reading with me. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Highest Light Healing. And at some point when I get to a thousand, I will do a giveaway. So there's what are you going to give away? Probably a reading, I'm guessing. Mm. Um, all right. Shall we pick our cards? Yes. I'm so excited because I'm picking from my new deck that just came in the mail, which oh. is Cosmic Dancer Oracle. Oh, my God. I just ordered mine. Can't wait to oh, receive it. Oh, thank you. 
Um, so you're picking it right now? Yeah, I picked uh, Look in the Mirror Ooh. is the name of the card. Okay. Let's see what, let's see what I wrote here. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Look in the Mirror. Look deeply at the situation at hand. It is not coming from outside of you. You have brought it forth as a mirror of some aspect of your soul. Knowing this, how can you shift it in a way that is most empowering to you and that brings about the best possible outcome for all concerned? Just as you have manifested the situation, you have you also have the power to change it according to your will. While you may be tempted to blame fate, chance, or other people for challenges or hardships when you don't take full responsibility for each and every condition in your life, you forfeit your power to create the positive changes you desire. Guilt and blame are worlds away from responsibility. In other words, drawing this card has nothing to do with feeling guilty or placing the blame on yourself. In fact, guilt and blame have no place in this issue at all. Instead, you are being reminded to dwell in a state of calm neutrality as you recognize the outside world as a reflection of yourself. The next step is to learn, grow, expand, and evolve in precisely the way the situation requires. There's more, but I feel like that's sort of... oh. This, even though this sort of shadow work can appear intimidating, it is among the most liberating inner work that you can do. Just like bright light disperses darkness, the radiance of your conscious attention can dissolve these old shadow stories and free you up to experience ever-expanding degrees of happiness, harmony, and success. Wow. Yeah. Once again, so, it's yeah. all spot on. Yeah, there's, I, I kind of wrote a lot, but um, that, I feel like that summarizes it well, you know, it's kind of what we've been talking about, be conscious, and it doesn't, you know, transcend, it might be natural, I think, to feel guilt and blame, mm-hmm. um, but let those, acknowledge them, don't be afraid of them, but go beyond them into, let me just take responsibility with a sense of neutrality and openness. I love it. Okay, I got the blessing of a uh, blessing of Al Hakim from the Rumi Oracle. Ooh, I feel like you might have drawn that one before from the Rumi really? Oracle. Well, yeah, I don't know. I have to hear the description. Okay, well, the quote from Rumi is, "Sell your cleverness and buy bewilderment." Oh, I love that one. Cleverness is opinion; bewilderment is vision. Ah, uh, so good. Okay, so uh, this is also long. I'll try to summarize. A blessing of divine wisdom of Al-Hakim is being ministered to your soul, watched over by Rumi himself. This is soul medicine. It is a spiritual gift of healing, prophecy, insight, and the capacity to surrender any impatient claim for what you cannot yet have. As you receive this gift, this blessing which happens at a soul level, your attitude to life becomes more curious, open, still, and receptive. You are no longer here to drive the unfoldment of your desires into form. You rest in assurance that your daily application and effort is enough, and so is your surrender. Mental anguish is soothed, and you are able to accept the unfathomable, unfathomable nature of divinity in its expression of itself as life. You become comfortable with the reality that the piece of being close, the price of being closer to the divine, is the giving up of your need to always understand. Ah, enter into the mystery. Yes, this is so interesting because it was just what I was feeling about what when we were talking to Tanya about traveling. Like, 
you know, giving it up, like we aren't really the ones in control anyway. Yeah. Like, just and also the unknown, like that's part of what's fun about travel too. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what this is going to look like. I'll just say a couple more things. It says, from this place of increasing stillness, great activity will flow. You shall become capable of being the surrendered vessel to the guiding divine hand and truly great contributions to the human soul evolving can occur through you. I mean, this is also mm. what we're talking about, meditating. Yeah. So it's Oh, like- and that, like that's something I've been tapping into too is that we have this uh, capacity to tap into this channel of healing right now. That's really magnified, I think. Yes, I agree. Um, this oracle also comes with special guidance to bring you peace. Look to the old ways, to the ancient wisdom teachings that run, um, sorry, that run as one vein of life, giving love through all traditions. The old wisdoms teach of cycles, of timing, of letting go to allow for new life to happen and of greater intelligence and scheme of life to which we must surrender if we are ever to know even a moment's peace. I got goosebumps with the cycles. (sighs) I know. Because there's so much falling away now, so that new energy can come through and new perspectives and also the cycles the seashells on the beach this yes on the beach the, yeah. like we're just yeah allowing the cycles mm-hmm. all righty thank you everyone Have thanks a for listening week. these seashells. <laughs> <laughs>